Well, hello there and welcome to the Integra Law Show. Brought to you by Integra Law, we are joined today by family law attorney Haley Dickey. Haley, great to catch up with you once again. Good to talk to you, Brian. It's been a while since it's just been you and me talking about the law. You have some amazing guests, but I always, I also like when we have opportunity for me to pick your brain uh, on on various legal topics. Of course, uh, you know we we have to point out the information people are hearing here. This is not legal counsel. It's not legal advice. If you want that, you got to contact Haley and talk to her as you would your own attorney. But. Um, I understand you have a really interesting topic today, and actually, there, there's a slightly different twist on this from even what I thought it was going to be. What are we going to discuss? Yeah, it's funny. Um, so Brian and I were, we were, you know, we were talking about what we were talking about today, and I, I told him we're talking about paternity, and you had said I talked about some of the duties, maybe that or the responsibilities that maybe the the male um, has when they have a child or when they have, you know, a relationship with a potential mother and what they maybe are responsible to do to be able to have a relationship with that child. Um, and you, you mentioned, you know, men have responsibility when they have a child that that sounds shocking in sort of a way that I think everyone assumes, but I'm going to talk about it in a little different way. And that was kind of confusing, but I think when people talk about paternity, they think someone's holding the man at gunpoint, telling him that he has to commit to his responsibilities, yep. right? Pay that child support, right? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, a- and actually, the law is written that way. <laughs> the The really interesting part about paternity is that the law is really written in a way that seems like it's a reluctant father not a father that wants to assert his rights, not a father that, that really wants to have a relationship with his child. Um, and the reason that that is, I, I mean, I'm actually not sure the reason that is, but the, the reason that I think that it's written that way is because the mother has no responsibility or duty to let the father know that they are a potential father unless they're asking for the state for help financially. So there's, there's only a few cases in which the mother would have to do some sort of general duty to, to, to make sure that if there is a potential father that she's aware of, that she's made them aware, um, the court aware at least, and then the court could pursue uh, some sort of paternity action. But in terms of allowing the fathers to assert their rights as a father, um, they don't really have any duty. And I, I kind of think that that's interesting. And and duty, again, I use that word as sort of a term of art. Um, legally, duty means that, you know, you have a legal responsibility to to let them know um, regarding their paternity. And uh, it's just kind of interesting. Again, it was funny that you you kind of thought that way as well, because I think that in Utah, this is a pretty there's just not much case law in this area. And we've had some come out recently um, that's changed a little bit, but, but this code is really written. It's, it's called the Utah Uniform Parentage Act, and it's really written. It sounds like the father's at gunpoint <laughs> to, 
regarding their responsibilities. And if they don't, a, a large portion of this um, act is written for how really how a father wouldn't need to um, act on their rights. If, if the father's, you know, quote unquote unknown, they really don't have responsibility until it's established that they do. But what the act fails to protect, I think is unknown fathers that, that would like to have a relationship with their kid. Um, and I'm actually, I was kind of, we were kind of talking about this before the break, or I'm sorry, before we started the show, but I have a few cases right now that I'm litigating where this act is completely silent on the rights of my parent, of my client to have been notified that he had a child. And, and there's sort of a, there's not a clear statute of limitations, but there's a, a whole sort of plethora of circumstances that could lead to a biological father not being able to assert their rights when they didn't know that they even had a child. So I, I just think this is a fascinating area of the law. It's been fascinating to litigate recently. Um, there is some new case law coming down from the Supreme Court interpreting this Parentage Act. And again, I think it's just because it's, I think it doesn't, it only protects a certain, I think the majority of people, uh, you know, that it's intended to protect. And I think that that's typically mothers and children and not necessarily the fathers that are trying to assert these rights. So, so. I, I have a question then, and, and uh, I understand that there, the answer is going to include, it depends, but um, what would the rationale be for, for instance, a, a woman has a child, why, why would she possibly not want to um, inform the, the father of that child, hey, by the way, you know, you, you have uh, fathered a child with me. Are, are there circumstances that, that you see come up where, where that makes more sense? It seems like that's something, uh, e- even if it's just from a child support uh, stance, that they would want to, to make sure that the other party knew and, you know, was uh, informed so they could, could be responsible. Oh, no, definitely. I think, um, I think it's very common that they wouldn't want the father to know. Um, and this, typically the circumstance is that they – it's more of a, a very short sexual relationship. So maybe a one-time thing. Um, maybe the parties don't know each other at all. Uh, uh, and I, I have talked to multiple or had multiple clients where they just feel, you know, they've gone to the state. Um, the state has made them inform potential fathers. They've done some genetic testing and figured out who the father is. And now they're in a co-parenting situation with somebody that they they have no relationship with, that they don't know. They don't know their family. They don't know the type of, you know, living conditions where the child, who the child will be associating with when they're with them on their parent time. Um I, I absolutely understand that perspective as well, where it's co-parenting is and should be a, a fairly close relationship. That's someone that you're communicating with multiple times every single week, often every single day. Um, and to have just kind of be thrown into that type of relationship with somebody, I know that that's why people avoid it if they can. Um, okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And that's, and that's pretty, 
pretty typical. I, I really am mostly talking about just sort of either a very short relationship um, or sort of like a, a one night stand situation. Um, I think that's typically where I most find the, the, the hesitant mother that, that really just feels like this person isn't really even part of their life and now <laughs> they're a co-parent. So there's also a question of multiple, multiple potential um, partners and, and just the hassle. Not, not really hassle, but, but having to go through the genetic testing, especially if you are dragging. I, I mean, I feel I can sympathize with the mothers in this circumstance as well if you are dragging them to take a paternity test, right? If they are denying they're the father of the child until there's genetic proof of that. Um, even though of course they're very aware that they had a sexual relationship at, you know, during the potential time frame. Um, and I, I know that that takes a very emotional toll as well, that, that, that maybe they feel like the biological father just doesn't really want to have anything to do with the child. And now they're in a co-parenting relationship with them. Um, so I, I understand definitely from the mother's perspective when it's a hesitant father. Um, what I really struggle with, though, in this area, and again, this is just something that I've been litigating recently, is somebody that wants to be a father, that truly wants to have a relationship with their child and this law if they didn't know about the child, there's a lot of things that this law does to, to really create a lot of hardship to be able to assert um, your rights as a father. If you weren't aware or weren't certain that you were the father at the time the child was born. So this it's again, it's just a really interesting area of the law. There's definitely two sides to this, <laughs> to this coin. I understand why it's written the way that it is, but I also see a lot of holes that I think need to be changed quite a bit. Um, so when we get back from the break, I want to talk about a little bit more specifically some of the general provisions and uh, go from there, talk about the nuances. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand and you care about your credit, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800-406-0046. 800-406-0046. That's 800-406-0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc. 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM 1492. Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation. Commission license number DC83. Service may adversely affect the individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action, not a loan company. 
The healthcare enrollment period has just ended. Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a health care program. Sign up for Liberty HealthShare today. As a Christian health care sharing ministry, they are not insurance. So you can still sign up. There's no open enrollment period. You can sign up now and you can pick the program of your choice. You get to select your doctors and your hospital. They have programs for single individuals, for couples, and families. Best of all, there are no contracts. And plans start at only $199 per month. Go to libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey. That's libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey, K-E-R-R-Y. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. If you haven't switched to Pure Talk USA, you're probably paying too much for your cell service. Pure Talk covers 99% of the country, and plans start at just $20 per line with no contract and a one-month risk-free guarantee. You've got nothing to lose. You can even keep your phone and your number. Get 50% off your first month when you call now. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code HALFOFF. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code HALFOFF. Hey, welcome back to the Integra Law Show. We are joined with uh, family law attorney Haley Dickey, and we're talking about a very interesting subject today, Haley, um, that being uh, a law that uh, addresses the responsibilities of fathers. And and the the place where this has taken such an interesting turn is um, I never thought about this from the standpoint of those guys who don't even know or may not know that they are fathers. And I understand there are a couple areas where uh, individuals like this have to be especially proactive if they wish to be a part of that child's life. That's right. If they, I would say, I mean, if you even have an inkling that you might be the father of a child, that you be extremely proactive and that you do it early on, that you um, at least get genetic testing if you believe that the child might be yours and that, like I said, that you do as the child's born. Uh, versus waiting a few years to to try and get this established. And the reason I say that is because a lot of things can happen in a few years. So the way that the the law is written is there's a few ways to establish paternity for unmarried parents. Um, And the reason I specify whether married or unmarried is because there is a presumption that the child, um, a presumption of the paternity if, the mother and the father are married. So regardless if there was extramarital affair, whatever, it doesn't matter. There's a, there's this presumption that has to be overcome if another um, person is the father. And I'm, there's a, so much interesting stuff on, on that specific area of the law. I'm not going to focus on that today, um, but I, I probably will do a follow-up show just on this presumption of paternity, there's been some really interesting new case law that's come out. 
about this. And again, that situation is when there's a two, a, a mother and a, you know, a husband and wife that are married. Uh, there's a child born. There's a presumption that the husband is the father um, and what to do if, if the husband isn't the father. So what the husband can do if he's not the father and then also what the, the actual biological father can do. Um, if he is the father and he has to overcome that presumption. So, but today I'm going to talk about establishing paternity for unmarried parents. Um, there's sort of three ways to do this. Uh, you can file or sign. So at the time of, I don't know, Brian, you tell me, I haven't actually had any children, but at the time that the child is born, the parties have an option both to sign an affidavit and declaration called a voluntary declaration of paternity. And again, there's a presumption if you're married that the child's yours anyway, but I do believe that the hospital provides those forms to everybody um, at the time. And you have the opportunity to sign and say, hey, I know I know that I'm the biological father of this child. Uh, the mother is saying, hey, I know he's the biological father of this child. Both of you are declaring um, that you are the paternal parents of the child. I'm sorry, that the, the father is, is the paternal you know, father of the child. Um, so that's one way. So signing this declaration, um, it actually can be signed at any time. Um, and it, it would be filed with the health, the, the Department of Health, um, and does establish legal paternity. The second way is if a parent, I kind of talked about this, but if a parent applies for child support, through like the Office of Recovery Services, commonly known as ORS, uh, they will receive an administrative paternity order through ORS once paternity is verified. So ORS um, will do that genetic testing. Um, you know, they'll work with the mother to, to do the genetic testing to establish child support. And that's the policy behind that is the state is extremely interested in making sure that, the ch that children that are born to residents of the state do not become wards of the state. So that they have financial, um, that anyone that, that could have financial responsibility, um, that they are pursuing those avenues before the state steps in and provides financial support. The third way um, is by filing a paternity action in court. Uh, so those are kind of the three ways that if you do suspect that you um, are the paternal father, that you would have to, for the voluntary declaration, both parties have to sign. So the, the mother and the biological father need to be on the same page and both declare that they believe that he is the father. There is no genetic, genetic testing that's required um, for that declaration. So I, that's kind of where I want to talk about is, is this interesting declaration, right? So there's a declaration that you can sign. Both of the parties are signing saying that they believe one part, you know, the person that's saying that, that he's the biological father to be the biological father, and that establishes this paternity. There is no duty, like I said, on the part of the mother to... Um, to tell anyone that, that you know, if, if she had multiple sexual partners, that she would need to 
um, notify them of their potential paternity. That's not required. And so say a circumstance, you know, I, what I've seen this circumstance looks like is maybe a party was in a relationship. They weren't married. Um, maybe a new relationship started between mother and a, and a new man and um, a child is conceived. And then maybe mom goes back to the other relationship, uh, an old relationship or a different relationship. Um, the biological father of the child maybe never even knew that he, you know, the child was conceived. Um, in that circumstance, he really has very little rights if he is not aware that he's the father of the child. Um, and say the boyfriend and mom, not the biological father, but the boyfriend, both sign a voluntary declaration of paternity at the time that the child is born. Well, it's really difficult to refute this voluntary declaration of paternity. Um, and honestly, I'm not sure if it's allowed under the, it, you are able to refute the declaration of paternity, but there's really specific circumstances and kind of narrow avenues to be able to do so. So if mom can convince somebody that's not the father to find this voluntary declaration of paternity that is really just a, an affidavit that you're signing based on your knowledge um, and your, you know, your assertions, it, you can really, you can completely disenfranchise the potential father, the actual father, the biological father um, in these circumstances. And again, I kind of talked about how in this area of the law, there's very little case law. So the courts, I don't, I don't even know. Actually, I do know. I actually know this for a fact. The courts have not heard this issue. So they've never had a case where, or they've never made a decision on a case where there's been a voluntary declaration of paternity signed and a biological by a non-biological father. And then a biological father comes in and tries to assert their rights. And again, not to be super technical about how, you know, the law functions, but if you're a biological father in the state of Utah and, or you even have an inkling that you might be the biological father, you need to act quickly. Um, if the child's born and, and Hey, it looks like shockingly like you, um, or, or there's, you know, a startling amount of similarities, I would say, have that child tested. If you, if you would like to be part of that child's life, because waiting on it is, is going to make it so that you can't ever assert your rights in the future. So that's, again, my name is Haley Dickey. I'm a family law attorney with Integra Law and Call an attorney if you have, if you wonder if you're the biological father of a child. Yeah, there are rights you don't want to be leaving on the table, correct? Absolutely. Okay, Haley, thank you so much. Very informative. Stick around. Coming up next, we will be checking in with attorney Garrett Smith with Integra Law and his guest, James Brewer. <laughs> 